You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. I want my baby dead, baby dead, baby dead. I want my baby dead, baby dead, baby dead. Ladies killing babies. Abortion clinics. What in the actual fluff was that? Oh, you know, I was juxtaposing a beloved jingle with this country's affinity for killing unborn children in a sad attempt to cheer myself up about all this abortion controversy. And? Well... Sad to say, I regret to report that it didn't work. I may actually feel worse, and I'm slightly concerned my brain was able to come up with that little ditty. You know, I I, I know you're not a religious person, um, but I know Jesus, and I think you should tell him you're sorry. Well, that seems a little extreme to me. I mean, dark humor is a natural thing that we use to, you know, try to make ourselves feel better from time to time. I know that. You know that. But you you know, you should at least apologize to me. On what grounds? Besides your singing voice and total lack of melody, um, you're toxic. You shouldn't have subjected me to such banality. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that one time I got ordained as a minister online? This was a long, long time ago. So, I mean, in all honesty, I can just absolve myself. It's not a big deal. I, you know, I, I actually, I can't, I can't feel the left side of my face. I, I think you've finally done it. You're giving me the stroke that you're always saying that I'm having. I think you're right. Ooh. Your face is getting all droopy. You need to you need to sort yourself out. I can't feel my face. Oh, you look like Grumpy Cat. Too too soon. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. Phil and I will be your guides as we peer into the ridiculous reality of our society and our government. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of... Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Make Liberty Great Again. Phil goes to hell. I'm your host, Cam Harless, and with me, unfortunately, is my eternally damned co-host, Phil Padilla. I feel that you're really just taking this too far. You know, I thought we lived life by the rule that all's fair in jokes and memes. But, alas, I'm still happy to be here for another exciting episode. Ah, uh, who am I kidding? I can't stay mad at you. You're just too charismatic. I love you. Ah, thank you. Well, it's not what I wanted to hear. Skipping right the f*** ahead, I'll let you introduce the first topic today since I've said just about enough already. Well, this whole week, I've been just just moments away from just raging. Why? Tell me, tell me what's going on, buddy. Well, do you remember? Do you remember last week? No, I was so drunk I don't remember anything. We talked about the the Georgia abortion bill. Um, I highlighted the hell out of that thing. I made notes. We presented what was in it, and guess what? From what I can vaguely recall, I believe almost all of the arguments made against the bill were just straight-up lies and fear-mongering. Yep. And uh, nearly no one read the damn thing before they started arguing about it. Not to mention the new abortion bill that's all the rage. The one from Alabama? Yep. Did I really sign up for this? You're the smart one, not the funny one, so yeah, it's your job. Well, I read it. I highlighted it. I made notes again. I felt a little depressed that Alabama decided to try nullification, you know, after I moved. So can, can we do this quickly? How can I make this easy on you, Sugar Bear? I literally don't want to say anything other than correct or incorrect. Okay, fair. So what I'll do is I'll present arguments that I've heard, and you tell me if that's in the bill. Quit yapping and get started. All right, well, hurt feelings aside, 
I heard that there is no exception for rape or incest. Correct. Well, that's not going to play well. That's a little extreme. Is this a heartbeat bill? Incorrect. From conception. Correct. I heard that since there's no rape exception, that if a woman has one because she was raped, then she could get charged with a harsher sentence than her rapist. Incorrect. Okay. I was told that if a woman leaves the state and gets an abortion in another state, she will be charged. Incorrect. That's not how state jurisdiction works. Fair. I also hear that if a woman has an abortion, she will be charged with a felony and get up to 99 years in prison. (sighs) Incorrect. Then the person performing the abortion gets charged with a felony. Correct. I heard it was only men that passed and signed this bill. Incorrect. The bill was sponsored by a woman, Terry Collins, and was signed into law by Lady Governor Kay Ivey. Okay. I also saw the claim that Alabama is making abortion a felony because women will get abortions and Alabama is so anti-woman that they want to make sure that strong women who get abortions can no longer vote. Incorrect. Off. All right. Well, did we miss anything? Not that I'm aware of. Excellent. So I hear Missouri just passed one of these bills as well. Are you going to read that? No. I am done. I feel like we've illustrated enough that the left and the press have no issue whatsoever lying to people to control the narrative. The corporate press is the enemy of the people. I think that's been pretty well established the last couple of years, but, you know, funny that you mentioned lying to control a narrative, because that leads me right to our next topic, Iran, or, as they used to call it, Persia. I mean, that's, that's, Segway's not your best, best work, but, uh, Hey, you tried. Well, give me a break, man. I'm half in the bag. And stop trying to get into my head, okay? I'm reporting the news. Anyway, per The Guardian, which is a news source, if you were wondering. Oh. The top... What did I say last episode about interrupting you? (laughs) Your, Your ticket's about to get punched, buddy. I swear to God. Anyway, the top British general in the US-led coalition against ISIS has said there is no increased threat from Iranian-backed forces in Iraq or Syria. This assertion is a direct contradiction to what the deep staters have been telling us in order to justify this bullcorn military buildup around Iran. <sighs> bullcorn. Um, yeah, well, you know, I, I, I bet the deep staters didn't like that one bit. They did not. Furthermore, he was swiftly rebuked just hours later. Hours. Again. We're talking just a few hours. By the U.S. Central Command. The spokesman for U.S. Central Command insisted that troops in Iraq and Syria were on a, quote, high level of alert because of this alleged threat that we still have (laughs) no information about. We have no idea what the threat is, but it's so bad, apparently. The British general, Major General um, Christopher Geica, is the deputy commander of Operation Inherent Resolve, or OIR for short, who conducts counter-terrorist operations against ISIS in Iraq and Syria. He was repeatedly asked by reporters about the threat from Shia militias in in those regions, you know, of Iraq and Syria, which again is the U.S. justification for deploying military units to Iran, and his response was, as we said earlier, quote, No, there's been no increased threat from Iranian-backed forces in Iraq and Syria. Well, it seems reasonable to assume that he probably has a good idea of what's going on in those regions. What else did U.S. Central Command have to say about it? So taking a direct from their statement, recent comments from OIR's deputy commander run counter to the identified credible threats available to intelligence from U.S. and allies regarding Iranian-backed forces in the region. 
so their counter is basically saying the deputy commander doesn't know what he's talking about. This just makes me think that the so-called intelligence and reports they're using are either inaccurate or being grossly exaggerated, just so the Warhawks can make a case for war with Iran. That sounds about right. The New York Times is also reporting that Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan presented the White House with a plan that involves sending up to 120,000 120, troops to the Middle East in the event of an Iranian attack, or if they deviate from the constraints of the 2015 nuclear deal. Uh, there's actually another article by The Telegraph that talks about the growing rifts between the U.S. and Britain and other European governments as they're refusing to back the claim that Iran is planning to attack the U.S. or our allies in Syria and Iraq. But the U.S. isn't backing down, and the State Department is withdrawing all non-emergency staff from the diplomatic missions in Iraq. And apparently the Foreign Office, which I'm assuming is you know some British government office, said they have no plans to follow suit, so they're not going to evacuate anybody. And they came to the defense of the British general who questioned the Trump administration's narrative. Now, let's add some more confusion to this already fluffed up situation. Trump recently told his top advisors he does not want to go to war with Iran. I'm trying to work out his angle on this. What do you think he's doing? I don't have a flipping clue. I say we just chalk it up to, you know, more inconsistency between his words and his actions. One Trump official said, speaking anonymously, of course, quote, he doesn't want to go to war. It's not who he is. You know, I don't believe that for a second anymore. There's something going on in the background. Trump has also communicated to his national security team and other aides that he wants to keep tensions with Tehran from boiling over into an armed conflict. Then the officials go on to say he's made it clear that he will protect U.S. interests in the region. Right, so it's like, war or nah? Can we make up our mind? It seems like he can't make up his. I think if he just gets rid of Shanahan, Bolton, and Pompeo... We'll be rid of this whole crazy fabrication and we can just move on with our lives. Honestly, I feel like he might be playing a big game of obfuscation. I mean, he's trying to make it so that Iran doesn't have any idea what's going on, but he's also using this to clown the press at the same time. I mean, check out these tweets from him. Are you going to do your Trump voice? No. Come on, please. Fine. China. 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 The fake news media is hurting our country with its fraudulent and highly inaccurate coverage of Iran. It is scattershot. Poorly sourced, made up, and dangerous. At least Iran doesn't know what to think, which at this point may very well be a good thing. I hated that. Also, with all the fake and made up news out there, Iran could have no idea what's actually going on. Awful. I sound like Cartman. Yeah, that was like if Cartman was doing Donald <laughs> Trump, but also was trying to hold in a fart. That was... May God have mercy on your soul. I mean, bless your heart for trying, but... Move on. Believe well, me. <laughs> all right. Pro, proceed, good sir. You gave it your best shot. That's all me or the audience could ask for. We salute you. Oh, man. You sure we don't want to do it again without that? <laughs> no, we're keeping it. Keep going. Thank you for your service. Let's go. I would actually love your take on this, but you know, as I see it in the moment, there are only a few reasons that he'd be going this route. One, he's attempting to drum up some fireworks and a legitimate seeming war. You know, since he's about to have to go through another election, and as the old fallacy goes, you don't change horses midstream. Or two, there's something that he wants out of Iran, and he's flexing and threatening them to get what he wants. What do you think he wants? I'll tell you what I want. I want for these stupid-ass sayings to stop. That's what I want. I don't even know what dimension chess we're on now, whether it's 4D or 1070,000D. I don't... Who even knows? I just made that number up. I have no idea what the end game is. 
I don't understand, like, 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 one, I don't get what we get from a hot war with Iran. Like, what do we stand to gain from that? But I also don't understand all this inconsistency and confusion. Do we really think that that's going to, like, get us some strong footing in the region and throw Iran through a loop that they're not, like, what, what do we really think that's going to accomplish with that? You know, the only assumption I have is what we mentioned last episode, controlling the Strait of Hormuz, which means controlling all that sweet, sweet oil traffic. I mean, that seems plausible, but there there has to be more to the story. Well, most certainly, but the thing is, when are we going to know exactly what's going on? I mean, it's going to come out at some point. Can you imagine launching into a hot war with Iran with the current state of things as they are right now and the things that are circulating in the media both domestically and internationally? No, but at this point, what the hell do I know? I know you know how to better set me up for a topic transition. You're right. I was just half-assing it. It's been a long week. I got a sunburn. I didn't ask for your life story. Just the facts, please. Well, it uh, it looks like Sweden wants Assange. Did they reopen that rape case that we mentioned in our episode about him? They did. It looks like they saw how likely it was that Assange would be sent to the U.S. to receive the death penalty and wanted to get their hands on him first. These must be some serious allegations. There are two allegations against him. I'll be honest, both consist of consensual sexual encounters that ended up in sex without a condom and less consensual. I have no idea how that could possibly be investigated or even remotely proven, especially after, what was it, seven and a half years in the Ecuadorian embassy. But I, you know, I've read the accounts, and if true, they're definitely rapey, and uh, they definitely take advantage of those women. Well, that's pretty gross. I, I also don't know how that could be proven, you know, especially after all these years. Hopefully, you know, this just keeps Assange out of the hands of our, you know, justice system for just a little bit longer i mean the u.s is out for blood when it comes to assange i mean i i can't imagine it ending well if he does make his way over here what we know now is that there's going to be a fight to nail this guy to the wall and we'll be watching to see how that pans out moving on to our next subject we haven't really talked much about venezuela since the failed coup did i say it right that time coup yes dear okay good suck on that ryan you nerd can we can we get back to the news can you just let me have my moment? I mean, you just couldn't, could you? God, I just, I can't have anything. I'm just tired of hearing Ryan's name in our podcast. I mean, does he really deserve to be here? No, no, he doesn't. But he's going to pop in somewhere, I guarantee it. I guarantee you he's going to pop in somewhere with his, I'm Ryan Brigitte and I deserve to be here. Anyway, let's get back to the news. I'm No more attention devoted to him. It appears that the U.S. has violated international law by having police break into Venezuela's embassy located in Washington, D.C. Under the 1961 Vienna Convention, embassies are considered sovereign territory of the government they represent, and the U.S. did not have proper authorization to enter. What purpose did that serve? Did Assange break out of prison somehow and he was just hanging out there? Good guess, but no. They went in and they arrested a handful of activists. The pictures in this article that we'll be linking in the show notes show police in full tactical gear accompanied by battering rams and a variety of cutting tools. So what was so bad about these activists who were in this embassy? From what I gather, they opposed the U.S.-backed coup and presidential declaration by Juan Guaido. The day before the raid, a note was actually left on the building advising the U.S. doesn't recognize the authority of President Nicolas Maduro's staff and they urged the activists to, quote, depart immediately. Also, after the coup fell apart, 
tensions were pretty high between the people in the embassy and Guaido supporters who began gathering outside the embassy in an effort to stop food and other resources from being delivered. This article also states the authorities cut off power and water to the building. So the U.S. violated international law in order to oust a remnant of anti-interventionists and people who do not recognize Guaido as the legitimate president? Eh, that seems par for the course. The crazy thing is that this was done at the behest of Juan Guaido. So now he's calling shots and we're backing it up. Just let that sink in, to quote a boomerism. Another crazy thing is that this guy can just declare himself president when an election didn't take place and the U.S. and about 50 other nations are just like, all right, that sounds good. Well, I mean, was there was there anything else uh, that stood out to you about this one? Yes. Thank you for asking. You literally told me to. I mean, it's written down here. Ask, ask if there's anything else that stands out. Shh. So a gentleman by the name of Carlos Vecchio, who was a Guaido-appointed ambassador and recognized by the U.S., said his diplomatic mission would take control of the embassy Thursday evening, so just mere hours after the raid. He said in the statement, the usurpation has ended, which is ironic considering his side are the ones attempting to overthrow the elected president. Do you think I could declare myself president of the U.S. and uh, people go with it? No, but... You can always try. This is some Twilight Zone level stuff. So Vecchio requests U.S. assistance in arresting the activists and gives law enforcement officers permission to enter. So this U.S. Magistrate Judge G. Michael Harvey issues a warrant for their arrest. So we are literally doing the bidding for people who have no legitimacy in Venezuela. At least the actual Deputy Foreign Minister, Carlos Ron, tweeted that day, that the U.S. officials entering the buildings, as they did, was an unlawful breach of the Vienna Convention. Not that it did a lot of good, though. You know, at least he tried. Bless his little heart. Speaking of commies. Well, I wasn't directly speaking of commies, but go on with your bad self. Comrade Bernie wants to full-on ban for-profit charter schools. Uh... He would also call for a ban on government spending on new nonprofit charters. Also, as part of his educational reform plans, he wants to triple federal Title I funding for schools that serve a large number of low-income students, set a national salary floor for teachers of $60,000 a year, and provide universal school meals, which means breakfast, lunch, and snacks for every student year-round. Oh, good. I mean, I guess we'll just sink more money into field programs. And I already know the answer to this question, but I wonder where he'll get all this extra money to pay for these programs. This also seems like blatant pandering to the black community. Oh, it is. Addressing racial injustice is part of this effort. Well, that's great, but okay. I, I don't know how he's going to accomplish that. Moving on. So this article says 90% of education dollars come from state and local sources. So good luck, buddy, with your thinly veiled act of federal supremacy over education. If he somehow gets elected and tries this, I just hope that Congress swiftly shoots it down. Comrade Bernie would also propose the same government regulations and oversight as regular prisons. I mean, public schools. He also wants half of charter schools board members to be parents and teachers. Lastly, he wants to mandate that charters disclose certain student and funding data. I like how he casually throws down that charter schools are, quote, exacerbating educational segregation, but just doesn't explain how that's happening. 
you also forgot to mention that he wants to limit the pay of their executives. I think it's safe to say that your favorite bobblehead can fluff off. I think it's safe to say that he can fluff himself. Right in the neck. Speaking of, Hakajawea wants to get in on forcing federal supremacy on the states. Elizabeth Warren? No way. How? Well, she's very unhappy with those abortion laws, and you know she hates nullification. Well, I can't imagine a radical progressive being any other way. Focahontas said, quote, These extremist Republican lawmakers know what the law is, but they don't care. They want to turn back the clock, outlaw abortion, and deny women access to reproductive health care. And they are hoping the Supreme Court will back their radical play. You've really got to love all the Orwellian terminology these freaks use. Reproductive health care. Okay. She's correct on a couple things. Yes, they don't care what the leftist elites in Washington want when it comes to abortion. They want it to be left alone and let their laws reflect their morals. The election of Donald Trump was, if nothing else, a repudiation of the Warrens, the Sanders, and the rapey Clintons of the world. But they just keep doubling and tripling and quadrupling down. The idea that we're going to have 50 homogenous states is absolutely absurd. Leave the states alone, let them govern themselves. I'll pull one of the favorite lines of our state as pals. If you don't like it, then leave. Go to another state. Well, I mean, the, their cathedral is being exposed and challenged. They don't have any idea how to handle that, except burn the heretics. Of course, I mean, they want Roe v. Wade over, overturned. And what would the consequence of that be? States being able to set their own laws and deal with murder as they always have. The Constitution would go back to working as it was originally intended, hopefully. I mean, maybe for a minute. I mean, she has trotted out that Trump stole a Supreme Court pick from the Democrats. Honestly, it's a little crazy that these people are just clearly discussing how they want to pack the courts and make the Constitution work in their favor. They aren't even pretending that they want to have an unbiased court to decide things. At least they used to lie in the past and pretend that the court was anything other than a tool to make it so that the federal government only ever answers to itself and they can shove any policy they want down everyone's throats. Chief Runs With Scissors went on to say, quote, Congress should pass new federal laws that protect access to reproductive care from right-wing ideologues in the states. Federal laws that ensure real access to birth control and abortion care for all women. Federal laws that will stand no matter what the Supreme Court does. Holy shirt. Warren's federal overreach would, quote, create federal statutory rights that parallel the constitutional right in Roe v. Wade, pass federal laws to preempt state efforts that functionally limit access to reproductive health care, and guarantee reproductive health coverage as part of all health coverage. I'm so fluffing tired of the bullcorn propaganda terms that these progressive douchebags use. They want to guarantee reproductive health coverage as part of all health coverage. Yep. I don't want to pay for abortions or birth control. I, I don't either. But if this battle is lost and this sort of law goes into effect, that's exactly what will happen. You know, all health coverage means that Medicaid would cover abortion procedures. So Warren, instead of hearing that people of many states are pushing against abortion and have moral problems with its very existence... She wants to make those same people pay for abortions. And I know that there are many libertarians that have a problem with any legislation that recognizes unborn children as human and uses the state to try to protect them. But if the consequence of these states losing is that they have to begin to pay for abortion, does this, you know, do you think that changes their minds at all? I mean, only time will tell. I mean, some 
libertarians that I've known in the Libertarian Party, I mean, they believe in the federal government. It's, it's weird. I mean, we live in a, in a horrible, destructive system that uses violence or the threat of violence for everything. I mean, since that's not changing anytime soon, where is ideological purity on the list of priorities? I'll end this segment with this. We've got to start taking control back somewhere, and I think this form of nullification is a good start. My hope is that we'll see nullification bleed into other legislative areas. We need to decentralize. Just accepting this federal control is unacceptable. Fine. You end the segment. Spotlight stealing son of a Grinch. Shh, 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 now. We, we have a game to play. Who? I love games. Only if I win, though. I have a feeling you'll do good. Oh, well, I, I have a game for you uh, that I want to call Democratic Candidate or Evil Dictator. Do you want to play? You're bet your sweet bippy. All right, I'm going to give you a, um, a quote, and I will. it will either be a Democratic Candidate or it will be a horrible dictator. Uh, the first quote I have for you is, um, it is difficult for me to imagine what personal liberty is enjoyed by an unemployed, hungry person. Democratic candidate or dictator? Oh, that's for sure a Democratic candidate. Nope, that was that was Joseph Stalin. Well, same thing. <laughs> All right, here's, here's, a, here's another one. I am a socialist. Of course I'm a socialist. To hold a vision that society can be fundamentally different to believe that all people can be equal, that is not a new idea. Democrat or dictator? I'm going to go Democrat. Correct. That was uh, your favorite bobblehead, Bernie Sanders. Oh, God. That guy just, he, uh, all right. I don't need, let's go. All right. Here's, a, here's your next one. Enable every woman who can work to take her place on the labor front under the principle of equal pay for equal work. Democrat or a dictator? I'm going to say dictator. Yep, that was Chairman Mao. Good, good. You're yeah. Good. That's pretty good. Okay, how about Thank this? Thank you. How about this one? Uh, uh, you built a factory out there. Good for you. I want it to be clear. You moved your goods to market on the roads that the rest of us paid for. You hired workers that the rest of us paid to educate. You were safe in your factory because of police forces and fire forces that the rest of us paid for. Democrat or dictator? That's for sure, dictator. That was uh, Focahontas herself, Elizabeth Warren. Shut the front door. Are you serious? Yeah. She's coming out with some some Stalin-esque level commie <laughs> shit like that. Are you kidding? All oh, right. Okay. I've got I've got two more for you. Okay. I'm two for two. All right. Here, all action must be governed by one law. The people does not live for business, and business does not exist for capital. But capital serves business, and business serves the people. Dictator or Democrat? Dictator. Yep, that was dictator. That was your boy Adolf Hitler. Yep. Okay. Finally. I'm, I don't know why he's my boy, but okay. <laughs> Is it because I have blue eyes? That's racist. <laughs> All right. Finally, a revolution is not a dinner party, or writing an essay, or painting a picture, or doing embroidery. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's a dictator. It was. It was Chairman Mao again. Oh. Four for six. You did it. Look at you. I don't know if I that means my it. game was bad or not, though. No, it was a good game because it was a good game. You <laughs> listen. You did your best. Not not everything can live up to you know the shenanigans that I pull, but you you do pretty good. I'll be honest. the The hard thing about finding the quotes for this was that when you put Hitler and democracy in the same Google search 
or Stalin and democracy or whatever, whichever evil dictator plus democracy, it almost always takes you to pages where people talk about how bad that person was for not loving democracy. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. You did well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right, folks. Thank you for having a bit of fun with us and joining us on this adventure into the madness that is our world. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at This Is MLGA. If you'd like to send us an email, you can reach us at This Is MLGA at gmail.com. And as always, hit us up, subscribe, and make sure to rate us on iTunes. It helps us grow and guarantees new episodes. Don't forget to check out the MLGA Network. We're a small and scrappy group of libertarians that share all of the best liberty podcasts on MLGANetwork.com. Our original shows include Techno Agorist, Voluntary Vixens, and Thank You for Your Servers. Phil hasn't listened to any of the other ones, but that's okay. And uh, we're going to have some, some new original shows coming your way in the near future. We're happy to be here, and we're happy you're with us. Stay sane. Stay sane, everybody. Yeah.